Hello, my name is Susie DeJong, speaker, coach, and author of The Untangling. And this is the Untangling series podcast, where we untangle our own unseen and unspoken chains that bind us to open up the way for us to experience more joy and peace and healing than we ever thought possible. So come and join me. Put on your comfiest clothes, grab a cup of something hot, or maybe even a glass of something bubbly. Put your feet up and let the untangling begin. Welcome to my first episode on the Untangling podcast. And I am absolutely thrilled. And it is my great pleasure as my first guest to introduce you to a truly inspirational person who I also have the honour of calling one of my dearest friends. Debbie Rett Savlovich is a therapist, coach and speaker living in South Brisbane in Queensland, but was born in a province of Bosnia, former Yugoslavia. Debbie and I became friends some years ago and she has been truly one of my greatest supporters over that time and I love her dearly. And I wanted the opportunity for more people to hear Debbie's story and be introduced to this pocket-sized powerhouse of a woman. This interview with Debbie demonstrates how even after going through some of the greatest of life traumas, including experiencing the effects of the devastating Balkan War in Bosnia in the 1990s, having to suddenly flee from her home due to the war and the fallout, move from place to place trying to find safety, sometimes barely having enough food to eat or water to drink. Then the sudden loss of both her mother and her young husband, leaving her with a little baby. And then when her darling daughter was only a few months old, taking them to a refugee camp in Serbia. Finally, after a few years in the camp, knowing that this was not the life that she wanted for herself and her daughter to experience, and knowing that there was more for them both, Debbie was granted refugee status to Australia in 1998. Debbie's gone through more than most of us will in a lifetime, some of what she will share with us today. But what is most surprising about her is that over time, through her own strength, knowing and understanding, she was able to come to a place of forgiveness and rebuild her life, not letting her story or past define her. Forgiveness in these circumstances is not always an easy thing to do. But Debbie knew her purpose in life was to support herself, her family, and also others in being able to move through their own traumas and stories to show them that there is a way to find peace and happiness in spite of their past. She calls herself a loving disruptor because she understands that sometimes we need someone to be that in our lives, to open our eyes to the truth, not let our past define us, so we can heal 
for ourselves and our loved ones around us. This is Debbie's story. Welcome everyone to the first episode in my series of the Untangling podcast. I'm so thrilled to be here with you. I don't know where this is going to go, who is going to listen, but that is fine because I am excited to get to know people even better than I already do. One of my passions is finding out about people, talking to them, discovering who they are and sharing that with people. I've always loved interviewing. Uh, back, you know, probably about six years ago I started and especially after I interviewed people for my book, the beautiful people um, who graciously allowed me to interview them, it just fired that up in me even more. And that is why I'm starting this podcast. So I can share the stories of people, everyday people with extraordinary lives. And that's what we're about to do today. And I couldn't pick a better person to have as my first guest uh, I'm so grateful to her. Uh, I did a little bit of an intro before, so I'd really love to uh, welcome Debbie along today and thank you for being my crash test dummy. <laughs> thank you, Susie. Thank you for inviting me and hello to you and your listeners and what an honour to oh. be your first guest and open this season. Absolutely. I, I couldn't think of anyone else I wanted. Beautiful. Than you. <laughs> and it just feels right. Thank you. So I was saying to Debbie beforehand, you know, this isn't scripted. This is never going to be scripted because that's not who I am. And as we talk to people and interact with one another, things come up that we could never expect. And I think that's where the gold is. And so that is my plan for this podcast is just to discover the gold in people that can help other people. And someone might be watching this and go, wow, that could be me. And that person has managed to discover their joy, work through different blocks or, or things in their life that, that might be stopping them from having what they really want. And if that person can do it, maybe it's possible for me. And when I think of Debbie, who I've known probably about six years or so now, I just think of someone who has the most amazing story. And we're going to talk about stories a bit more. But in the context of, of Debbie's life, it's it's not an ordinary life and she's not an ordinary person. And to meet her, you would just take her at face value, but there's so much more to Debbie and her story is one of against all odds. And it just went to show me, I think, that we can look at people and have no idea about their lives and we make judgments about them. Um, we have our own beliefs about them and things that they do or say, but we never know until we really dig down deep and find out who people really are. So, Debbie, I could summarise your life before you got to Australia. But I was wondering if you would do me the honour of just giving me, you know, just whatever you want to share about your life prior to coming here. 
I was born uh, 1994. I don't hide my age. <laughs> um, in Bosnia, it's a part of former Yugoslavia. Uh, in 1992, uh, many, many people know what happened in our country, religious war. We were forced to leave our hometown and move from place to place for many years. I've uh, now. <laughs> um, I um, lost some people, mm -hmm. dear people in my life during this time. Uh, finished at the refugee camp in Serbia with my uh, three three years old daughter, and uh, in 1998 we came to Australia as refugees. Um, well, we didn't have family, we didn't have anyone here. I couldn't speak English. <laughs> um, it was difficult. It was, it was challenging. You can just imagine. Yes. But, but uh, we made it to the other side. Here I am today. That would be the shortest version. It is. There's so much more. And um, I've interviewed Debbie at length because I do really want to write her story one day because there's so many layers to it. But um, And that will happen. And I know I can see it's going to be a screenplay one day because it is the most remarkable life that you have led and you are leading. When we, we talked beforehand, we did mention about... Um, your life growing up before all these unsettled incidents happen, you know, having to leave your home, losing loved ones. Tell me about little Debbie. Who was she? <sighs> Gabellius, little girl, um, youngest in the family, unwanted child. <laughs> um, Tell me about that. Yeah, really alive. Yeah, like we, we, we spoke about this. Um, my mother, um, I was the last child that she didn't want. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm here against all odds. <laughs> Again, yes. Um, uh, I was I, I felt loved during my childhood uh, to the degree if like many of us if we do what we are supposed to be doing mm -hmm. and that's where my uh, I think my 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 little power started growing little rebel in me where I would just regardless of everything do things my own way, do, do things regardless of circumstances. What do you think that was? What was it? Is it was it a knowing or was it just a feeling that you didn't want to be like everyone else? I think knowing that that I, I followed 
knowing that I will be all right, regardless of what I do. I remember when, when um, doing things that I wasn't supposed to do, I, was, I would think I will do it anyway. No one is, I'm, I'm going to survive. No one, even if I get smacked, I will be alive. So in that spirit, I would do just, just my own way, things that I wanted to do. I wasn't scared. I was freedom, soul. Yeah, soul with a lot of freedom. And that must must have been quite unusual when you have described to me like the cultural aspects of of your life in Bosnia and the roles of men and women. Yes, and um, you know the man what he said went and you saw that play out with your parents and mm, other families around you. Yes, mm. yes. Uh, you know, in the culture I was born in and grew up in those times, men had the last word. Man was the, the decider of everything, I would say. And I grew up with that. I, I watched that through my childhood in relationship with my mother and father, and I never liked that. <laughs> I never liked it. I never could, um, as a little girl, I remember telling my father, you're not right, even though I knew I was going to get in trouble for that, uh, saying something that I'm not supposed to say. Yeah, it was... It was strong, strong dynamic. But now when you look back at having that sort of character and that sort of personality and that knowing, would you say that that's what got you here to where you are today? 100%. Yeah. Yes. Following what, what felt right for me. So it would have been a pretty big thing for you to follow that, even though it went against everything that you had been raised to do. It was. It, um, it demonstrated in many ways. For example, once I moved from, um, got out of the Bosnia to Serbia as a refugee, I for a short time I lived with my brother and my sister in shared accommodation. Now, if you look at that, that's where most people would stay in a situation I had a child. But instead of that, instead of staying there, I chose to go to refugee camp to build a life on my own, not knowing what was waiting there for me. That's one example. Yeah. Big one. Uh, Coming to Australia, deciding to come here, I remember I, I've applied. I went to embassy to Belgrade a few times. Never shared with many people. I shared that with my sister, with my brother, but not with my father. Yeah. What did you think his reaction would be? He would stop me. Okay. He would stop me. He would give me his opinions on all that, and then, of course, we start 
doubting our decisions. So I just didn't need that. No. Yeah. No regrets. No regrets. <laughs> no regrets. So moving forward now, I mean, I could talk to you for ages on this. As I said, there's a, there's a book, there's a movie, there's a screenplay about your life. It's just so many layers of richness in it. So you moved out to Australia. You yes. really were on your own with your daughter. Yes. And what happened when you came here? What What was the motivation for you to start down the path that you've gone with your own self-discovery and learning? The reason I came, why, why I wanted to come and get out of where I was, was that, again, inside of me, there was a knowing that I do not belong there. Mm -hmm. This is not the life I've signed for. And with that knowing, I was thrown to go and apply and uh, go to the embassy multiple times without even having a chance to get in, getting the number and waiting there in front of the door. And go back again, go back again, but just knowing that I did not sign for this. I deserve better life. And I was driven by that to follow what's, what's inside of me, what I've truly believed there is more for me. My life is not going to end there. By arriving to Australia, you know, you come somewhere, you don't know the culture, you can't speak the language, you don't know anyone. Um, it was challenging, really challenging. Uh, to say that I've learned English with my daughter. She was three years old. We would play uh, play school, you know. However she was learning, I was there to follow because I, I just couldn't speak. We arrived to Australia uh, on 27th of March 1998, which happened to be after a few days, the Easter break. So I couldn't go to TAFE. She couldn't go to preschool or, you know, anything. And what was left for us was just sit there, watch the TV, and you know what you need to do. You need to learn the English. So I took any opportunity. I would buy a magazine and just write and copy and listen to the TV. And... Not that my English is perfect by now, there's an accent, but I never cared. I could understand, I, I could communicate. That was, that was enough for me. Wow. That's, that's pretty amazing. When you think of, you know, all the different nationalities of people that have come out here that have never done that, that well, still don't. Susie, Susie, if we had time, there's so many funny stories. You know, when they... <laughs> Go for it. I love funny <laughs> stories. <laughs> when they ask for white tea and you think, oh, shit, I don't have white tea. I have black tea. Because it, it, we, we didn't drink tea, only if you're sick. 
and like you know little things like that when you remember waiting for the bus on the wrong side of the road you you don't know because in Europe you drive on the other side um, not knowing how to take my money how to use my key card I mean yeah so much so much so many things we just take for granted we, we do we it was do. a huge curve, huge learning curve when you got here. It was scary. The one thing that happened once I've arrived and I've realised what have I done actually, I never felt fear in the process of, of uh, chasing this, you know, journey to, to go out of the country. I've, I felt pretty excited about that. But once I've, I've arrived here and I've, could see that I, I couldn't speak the language. I, I I couldn't drive. I didn't have a car. I didn't know I would take my dictionary to the sh shops to see what it. I'm being serious now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's why I said there's so many stories. You know, um, just buying the basic items in packaging. I would have to take my dictionary out of my bag, regardless who is around me, regardless, I know people were looking, but I, I really didn't mind because that that's what it was. That was the way for me to, to survive at that stage. But by seeing all that, what came to me was the waves of anxiety oh, yeah. and the fear. I've never realized what I've done till then. Showing mm. up in this world with a three years old daughter, not knowing how to speak, where to go. You know, at night I couldn't sleep. The fear, the anxiety, pretty scary stuff actually. Once. So it, it was, you were safe. In, a, in the regard of you were out of the country and the situation there, but you were again in survival mode. Survival mode, exactly, exactly. Because just imagine going to France if you don't speak French. Mm. I mean, not a lot, let alone speaking English. I, I couldn't speak English. But, for example, if you went now to France, at least you you can speak English. For me, it was a different language. Serbo Croatian. Who can understand that? Mm -hmm. You know. Um, I think the language language barrier was the, the biggest fear. Yeah. The biggest fear for me. And with the anxiety that you started feeling, how did you deal with that? How did you work your way through it or over it? I could notice that my daughter was was picking up on everything I felt. Mm -hmm. So just by looking at her, I knew I have to step up. I have to step up. I have to show up differently for her. So in all that, the belief in myself, the trust, that I can actually do it, that we are going to be safe. That's what I, th I think overcome. That's what helped 
to overcome the, the anxious feelings and uncertainty that we were in. Like, all right, if I could, if I've done that, I can do this and step by step. Then, lucky, I met a lady from Holland who <laughs> used to come and just talk to me. We would go out, and that helped as well. So, yeah. And you started reading. And I started. Yeah, I started reading whatever I could get right. my hands on. So, Debbie, can you just um, fill me in a bit on how you started down um, the course of personal development and self-development, how that came about? Uh, how did that come about was that, you know, the feeling inside of you when you know there's more? But yeah. you you don't know that you don't know where to find or look for that more. Back in the day, I didn't have a YouTube, I, I you know, or internet. I had books, and I started with books of Wayne Dyer, Louise Hay, and started looking at things differently. My life started shifting. My perception was changing. I started looking at situations that happened to me differently, started looking at them as blessings. I could find the peace in that. I started looking at my childhood, my relationship with my father, um, the, the life that I was living. Everything, everything was changing because of the way my perception was changing. And I know in conversations with people, I would have different, different outlooks on, on stuff, which were received differently, you know, with, with more peace, judgment would, would stop um, people, my friends, for example, people that I had conversations with, they would want more of that. So I knew that from all that that I've been through in my life, from all the pain, um, that gift was born, gift for, of understanding people, uh, empathizing with people's pain, that my advice, even though I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't qualified or I haven't had any training or you know, no psychology certificate or anything would would help people. So that's how I decided then uh, went and done some trainings with uh, Marisa Pia and that just went on and on journey of, uh, I wouldn't say personal development. It's a, it's a journey of self-discovery. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Because more I've learned, more I could sit in my my life experiences and accept them better, accept them with peace, the forgiveness where where it needed to be done. Forgiveness was was would be welcomed. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness will, would be welcomed even when I didn't seek for that. 
Um, and from then on, the biggest thing of all this is finding, I think, internal peace. Yeah. With everything we have learned, we, we always, as you know, we think there's a, an answer out there, actually. It's in us. And what we do with what we have learned, the way we have been in our life. And the main, I think, the main, main goal for all of us is peace. Yeah. To find the peace with everything. Oh, I totally agree. And we were talking the other day on one of our group um, coaching calls about spiritual shopping and and looking outside of ourselves, always thinking that the answers are out there, but they never are. Never. That's just like never. being a, a hamster on a wheel. You just you just keep going in circles yeah. until you just sit with that. That's a huge discovery that you had. And I I want to just highlight to you that. Um, from my point of view as your friend, but also listening to you, you know, regardless of that, is that many people go through trauma. Not all of them decide to devote their life to helping others who have gone through similar things or traumas or, or helping in some way. There's a lot of people that it would be very easy to go into victim or survivor mode. Um but you don't do that. What what was the catalyst for you to realise that you wanted to support other people and help them find their peace? Uh, I'll start here. When I came to Australia, I heard of anxiety and depression. I've never heard of that in my, my country. Never, never. I mean... You believe it or not. Um, but then I started speaking to people and they would say, oh, I'm depressed. And I said, how does that feel? And I'm not putting shit on anxiety or depressed people. Not at all, please. But I've realized that, oh, shit, I had that. I've been through that. My, my hair was falling out. You know, and it's, but I never went to a doctor. Never went to a doctor. Because where I was a refugee, I needed to have special papers and everything to be able to see a doctor or a dentist. And I, and I simply didn't. But what helped me was I, I'm not going to say staying present because I, I didn't know much about that back then but seeing things yes they did happen but i'm here and it didn't kill me i'm still here and that means something mm -hmm. and that's where the strength was born and that's where the perceptions were changed that's where we can I started looking at things differently. If I went through that, if I went through that, if I went through that, then surely I can I can go through this. 
and I will be fine. Wow. All the life experiences and all the pain, you know, from those experiences, they build the strength inside. And I'm not saying that I might be one in ten. I might be one in ten. Mm -hmm. But, or it could be just my makeup. But people from Balkan, especially from that part of Balkan where we had war, we are very, very mentally strong people. Mm -hmm. Just because of our upbringing, what happened to us, we, we have ability, I think, to, to look at life differently. And there's a faith there. Faith? In you? I'm not saying faith in the, you know, like the religious like religion. No, yes. but there's yeah. just like that faith. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that comes again from different way of looking at things. Mm. I think if if nothing happened to me, then surely I'll be fine now. There's something watching over me. Yeah. And there we're talking. Many, oh, beg your pardon. Go on. Sorry. Many many situations I could count and go back and look at it and and say yes, I was. Uh, someone was looking after me. You know, and from that you you build that yes. I will be fine. Mm. We were talking the other day about stories. There's something that's come up for for both of us over time, and and I, yes, I introduced that this is your story. But tell me, at a point, I remember you saying clearly that you didn't think you're anyone special, that you didn't. Think you had anything to say? Tell me about that story. Mm. <sighs> I think that when we we go through, I'll say shit if it's allowed, but shit in life, and we we go on the other side, we don't see anything special. And that's, that's what happened to me. Yes, I've been through this and that and that, but I lived through it and I'm fine now. What's so special about that? I'm not the only one. There, there are many, many, many other people who has been maybe through bigger hardships in life. And I could, I never wanted to say, I never saw the significance of the life I lived until <laughs> until one day when I was asked to share and I didn't know where to start. And then I thought, if I don't know where to start, what a life. What a life. But I never looked into it as a as a something big, something something worth worth looking into or worth talking about it because in all that, like you said, my story is not vanilla. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's to be free. There's, there's sadness there. And yeah. then when people listen to that, I never wanted to, to, to 
come across as someone that wants sympathy. Mm. And that's where talking about my life and talking about what I've done, how I overcame things was, oh, please don't, please don't. But actually, acknowledging where I was, gave me permission to love every part of that. To fully, I would say, love myself, love everything I've been and everything I was till this point in my life. And I think for, for many, many of us, that is a little uh, trick to go and look just look 10 years back and look at the transformation today, who you are today, just, just in 10 years. And start acknowledging and loving every part of, of that journey. Mm -hmm. I, I honestly think that is probably the one of most important aspects to go back and acknowledge and start loving what shaped us mm. as a person today. And also, even though you felt like you didn't want to share that because you didn't want to bring people down or you didn't think it was significant to you, do you understand now that by speaking up and by sharing how many other people you can support and serve and, and help who have gone through difficult times or trauma, whatever that looks like. Now I can see that. Yeah. Now, but as you know, for many years, I just couldn't. I would just say there's nothing special. What's so special? There's nothing special. But the wisdom, wisdom was born. Out of all this pain, all this, I'll just call it journey. Yeah. Life, Debbie's life journey equals wisdom, <laughs> if I can say that. And I'm not the only one. All of us have it. We are all born with it. We just have to look. We just have to go a little bit deeper. So where do you see yourself going on this journey now with what you've learned, with your knowing, with your gifts? What would you like to do with all of that knowledge and, and gifts and knowing? There's a quote in uh, Course of Miracles, which I love, love, love. You know that. Give yes. me your past so I can change your mind about it. I think that says it all. Mm. So obviously there are a lot of people out there that will be listening to this and watching this that have gone through difficult situations. There's someone watching this now, I just know, that's going to be so inspired and will want to reach out to you and 
have you walked beside them through what they're going through or what they've been through? Maybe they don't know where to go next. How do people reach you? Well, for now, um, Instagram, I mm-hmm. think, would be good, or just the messenger. Uh, my um, website is going down, and I'm going to rebuild it as I mm-hmm. become a new person. <laughs> that has to go. That has to go. It doesn't resonate with, with who I am today. So even all leaving a message to you for now, oh. I'll leave the details in, in the notes. Yeah. Yeah. But you're working, what would you call yourself? A coach? A guide? What would you like to be in those people's lives? <laughs> An agent of loving destruction. <laughs> so it's not all pretty, is it, going through it's, this sort of work? It can be destructive. Not because... Because we disrupt what's comfortable and comfort uncomfortable mm-hmm. as a cultures. Yeah. But the uncomfortable, the comfortable, I should say, can become so uncomfortable you just can't be living that way anymore. Exactly. You need to, you know you need to change. You want to change. You want to change. Yeah. But you're still... Feeling comfortable, yes. Yes. Wow. I think you would just be an amazing person to have by my side walking through situations like that. I think anyone would be so lucky to have you there holding them and walking them through this journey just like you've been. I just think you're amazing and I, I, I hope when you watch this back, you can see your amazingness. And I'm just uh, just so grateful to have you in my life and all the support you've given me. And I will do all I can to support you because I truly believe there's a lot of people out there that you can help. Thank you, Susie. Likewise. Um I think people like yourself who just can't not to. And we know about that. Mm. We, we have tried not to. But like I said before, our soul just, just keeps pushing, keeps pushing. You you can't not to. This, mm. is, this is our divine assignment that's beautiful that's why we are here there's so much wonderfulness that comes through you and you know what what we're going to do now we're going to have some fun because this some of this has been quite a bit heavier and i want to end this on a fun note because you know me i like to have fun so i thought that what I would do, I don't know if you've ever watched a show called Actors Studio, and at the end of the show, the interviewer would ask the actor a series of questions. And I'm going to do that on my 
podcast. So you're the first one. Yep. So you don't know what's coming. Yeah, I haven't watched it, but okay. I can do it. <laughs> All right. Now things are going to be a bit left of field. Yeah. So just answer whatever comes to the top of your mind. All right. Okay. Number one question for you, Debbie. Who is your celebrity crush? Celebrity crush. Oh, sugar. Hmm. Don't have one? I, no, never thought of any. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. See my, you see my imagination now in play? <laughs> oh, really? Never thought oh, of That's okay. We can skip Rick, over Rick, that. I think Ricky Martin is pretty hot. Ricky Martin, yeah, I can't. Yeah, yeah, but. Yeah, yeah, but. Yeah. <laughs> if you could host a dream dinner party with anyone, who would you invite? Who would I invite? Anyone in the world. Because I don't yeah. even have to be here any longer. But if. I would invite Wayne Dyer. Yes. Ooh, yeah. I, I second that. Yeah. Okay. What's your secret guilty pleasure? Secret guilty pleasure. Oh, my God. Whiskey and Coke. <laughs> oh, come on, girl, girl needs to chill sometimes. Hey, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Favourite all-time movie? Favourite all-time movie? Probably Braveheart. Oh, I've never seen that. I'll have to watch Brave it. Braveheart, yeah. Braveheart. It was really inspiring. Watched it many, many times. Uh, Favourite food? Favourite food? Pasta. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> I do that every night. What do you most love about yourself? What I love, oh, yeah. Even I thought it's going to cost me sometimes, just spontaneous and honesty. Oh, I love that about you. I love your honesty. Yeah. Honesty. Honesty. Yeah. Honesty. Do you have a favourite quote? At all? Well, you didn't mention one before, didn't you? Yes, from the uh, Course in Miracles. Um, favorite quote? I think um, it was something in those lines. I don't know who wrote it. I, I don't know. I uh, stopped waiting for the light at the end of the tunnel and I lit it up myself. I think that's, that's for all of us. Yeah. Something to to think about Absolutely. as well and keep reminding ourselves. What are you most proud of that you've achieved in your life so far? My family. My family. Beautiful. And final one, I don't know, you might be able to answer this one. If your life was made into a movie, who would you want to play you? Rebecca Gibson. I think that's her name, the Aussie actor. Rebecca Gibney? Gibney, Gibney, yeah. that's the one, yes. I could see her playing you, actually. Yeah, I actually yeah. love, love, yeah. love that lady. Mm. It's just been um, an absolute pleasure to talk to you today and thank you for being my first guest. Thank you for giving me the honour. My thank pleasure. You, Susie. Thank you. I could talk to you for hours, but... Um, <laughs> I just want to say thanks again and I will put all of Debbie's details into the notes and if you feel inclined, please reach out to her. I know she would love to hear from you 
and start your healing journey too. So that's it for today. Thank you. And bye for now. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Untangling Series podcast. I feel absolutely blessed to be on this journey with you. If you would like more details on where to purchase my book, The Untangling, I've popped the link in the notes below. Perhaps you may feel called to work with me one-on-one to support you in your own untangling. I would love that. I offer my services as a coach to walk you through this process in a unique bespoke program created solely for you because you are unique. Another one of my passions is offering my services as a keynote speaker. I do like engaging with others as you can probably tell. If any of that is of interest to you, you can contact me directly by the links below or head on over to my website at suzydijon.com.au and I will get straight back to you, I promise. I love what I do and I know what my purpose is, to pay it forward and help others untangle and find their own freedom and joy. So bye for now and I look forward to seeing you next time.